Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Open Network User Group Podcast. I'm Mark Tierney. I'm ONUG CTO. Today, we continue with the ONUG C-Level Series, Driving the Hyper hyper Automation Narrative Through Collaboration. Before we get to that, though, and before we get to our important guests, listen up. ONUG Spring 2023 is going to be a hybrid event. It feels like we just wrapped up fall, uh, and fall was a great event. We're going to be in Dallas uh, in the spring, May 17th and 18th. Uh, I think we're going to be at uh, Union Station, but more to, more to come on that. But keep an eye out for it on onug.net. And there you'll be able to join the Onug community of global 2000 companies, enterprise architects, cloud providers, and thought leaders as we demonstrate the tenets of multi-cloud. Um, you go to onug.net to register for the event. You can use the promo code MarksPodcast, and we give you 30% uh, discount off that. All right. So with that, Help me welcome uh, Raj Nair. Raj is the founder and CEO at Avisha. Raj, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And uh, welcome, everybody. Um, it's great to be here on this podcast. Uh, so I just wanted to... Let me... You- yeah, so Raj, let me, let me... I'm going to come right at you, right? So oh. I, I asked Raj in pre-show to uh, to tell the audience a little bit about himself. But, but Raj, I also want to point out you're a relatively new member to the ONA Collaborative. Yes. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to give you a little shout out about that because you bring an awful lot of thought leadership uh, to what we're doing in, you know, the orchestration automation space and now what we're calling hyper automation. So um, so with that, uh, you know, brief intro, uh, help the audience understand a little bit about, you know, where you came from and how you got here. So tell us about Raj. OK, well, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, this uh, for me, uh, I'm. Um, entrepreneur at heart. So this is my third company. And um, uh, in fact, uh, 20 years ago uh, or so, you know, I had, that was my first uh, journey into entrepreneurship. And uh, I had a company called Arrowpoint. And it was a great uh, company, great success. We built one of the first uh, load balancers for the, uh, for the web that was just taking off at that time. And uh, it was a great success. We are the first ones that actually looked at HTTP uh, while it's in the, you know, uh, it was a network device. So we'd actually look at HTTP and then route the traffic based on HTTP headers. So that was a big innovation for that those days. And it helped scale a lot of the web. And, you know, we were very happy to be part of that. Uh, and uh, it was uh, later on, uh, it hyped and was bought by Cisco for about six billion, so it was a great success, and uh, which led me on to you know do more doing more in the space, and um, uh, and I had another company in the uh, media in the OTT streaming space, and then this is my third, and what I found the opportunity that I found here was that uh, there is a growing <clears throat> need for automation because of the complexity. Uh, that's happening in the space, particularly with the cloud and with people wanting to have a hybrid type of deployment and people wanting to have different kinds of applications, applications that are more responsive, you know, that have, again, uh, workloads that are in different locations. How do you automate? How do you make the networking part of that disappear, you know, and make it easy for people to essentially collaborate uh, on a distributed infrastructure. And that was the starting point of the journey. Um, and then there are a lot of things that we've discovered and were able to bring 
value and help our customers. And at the end of the day, you know, the, the whole idea is to bring automation into this uh, space and make it much easier uh, from an end user standpoint uh, to be able to gain the benefits of a infrastructure like this, which is literally, you know, uh, you can have workloads running anywhere you want and at any time and uh, catering to different business needs. And it should be simple without having to know all the nitty gritty of what's going on underneath. And that that's so, our starting. Yeah. Point. So let me stop you there because uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to give you time at the end. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of dig in a, to a little bit about what you do at Avisha. But really what I'm interested in here initially is, you know, at, at, from your executive, uh, you know, vantage point, and what we've been what we've been discussing in this C level series with uh, with other CEOs and founders like yourself is, you know, what is happening in the space in general, and um, Gartner, as you know, like kind of drops this term and like you know like they often do, you know, some new term, you know, hits the hits the marketplace, and I like to say, you know, it, it, then it. It sets off a almost predictable uh, set of actions that happen. Suddenly now suppliers feel like they need to close a particular gap um, on a you know feature functionality that uh, they may or may not already have. And, and likewise, though, and, uh, you know, somebody comes from the enterprise consumer community, the same thing kind of happens. You know, all of a sudden now the CIO and CTO you know, of organizations want to know, what are we doing in this? Like, what what are we doing in the hyper automation space and, and why not? And, uh, you know, what's everyone else doing, right? So um, I want to start with you there uh, a little bit in, in just with the, the, uh, the introduction of this, you know, hyper automation term, um, you know, let's sort of sift through it from, from your perspective and what should that mean, you know, for the enterprise consumer? Uh, you're... Previously, the working group that you joined uh, as part of the Ona Collaborative, Collaborative was the orchestration and automation team. But really, it goes much deeper than that now, right? Uh, there's more to it than just um, you know pushing the right buttons and making things happen. There's there's a it seems like there's a much richer story. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about you know your views on this yeah. this whole concept of hyper automation. Yeah, you know, uh, that's a great question. In fact. Um... For what I see is, you know, automation, you know, that's stuff that was, you take for granted now. I mean, almost everything is like that. You, you But hyper automation brings that smartness, you know, the, the, it's a level above automation. It's, it's where you can use modern technologies like AI, which had matured, you know, the, the AI, you know, 10 years ago, yeah, it was a fad, you know, and now it's, it's mature to a point that you can start applying it. And you should, and I look at this as a way to use AI as an assist. So whether it is uh, RPA, you know, where you're using AI to help you, you know, in, in, in your, uh, you know, where practically, you know, uh, a, 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 a very manual task, but you can now automate this with AI and it can help you with that workflows. Well, the same way, you know, it, it, with infrastructure and with infrastructure, you, you can now you use AI ops and that will essentially help you bring that automation to a point where it's literally like a human doing it. You know, it's just that it is, it is, it is the machine that's doing it. The beauty of that is, first of all, it's 
if you can avoid human errors, right? Because it's a machine that's doing this. And so you, your productivity is going to improve. And, and then, you know, you, you get benefits of, you know, the improvements in the technology. So it, it keeps getting better and you, you can achieve, you know, better productivity, lower costs, because now a lot of people have challenges, you know, finding the right talent, you know, because there's so many things that are coming at you. So you, you really need technologies that can, that can do some of the work literally without having human there. So that is my definition of hyper automation is a, a kind of automation that literally helps you, you know, manage, you know, the, your, your work with, with, the, with the reduced staff because you just can't get those people. So, and right. but that shouldn't hamper your productivity. That's so let me look at it. Let me uh, let me uh, let me ask you a question uh, about who's who's equipped to do these sorts of things. Like I, uh, I have a uh, it's a tyrannyism I know, but it, it's uh, you know I I call there's a lot of enterprises out there I call them enterprises with baggage, right? They're they're just uh, they're just not moving. They're not moving the ball down the field like they should uh, in some of these. Um, you know, newer, you know, newer technology, whether it's cloud, even if it's process oriented, like are you know, they're becoming a, uh, you know, an agile organization. Um, and now am I adopting hyper automation? Um, you know, in some cases, I feel like there are enterprises who are, you know, ill-equipped, um, you know, either technically or uh, culturally, right, to, uh, to understand uh, where they need to be moving. So I'm, I'm wondering from, you know, from your vantage point, do you see uh, do you see organizations having uh, you know any are there, are there some common threads for again the CIO at at enterprises that are barriers to them in adopting these technologies? You get a sense of that, or are you getting a sense of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a for example, you know, uh, there is some fear, you know, that oh my. People may not know this technology. Uh, they have to come up to speed, you know, and I need to invest a lot of time and training into that. And then, uh, you know, so there'll be another fad that comes and I'm not ready to do that. Now, the interesting thing about hyper automation is if it's done right, your guys would not have to do anything. You know, it, it, it's made to be consumed and there's a company behind it. There's somebody who says, look, use this technology. You don't need to learn anything. It'll just assist you and it'll just do some portion of your job that you don't need to think that much about anymore. And that, that has been consuming, it's particularly you know, stuff that are very time consuming that you want, if I can take that off your plate, why wouldn't you do that, right? But to your point, there is still that fear, the fear of, you know, do I need to change a lot? That is hampering, uh, in my opinion, the adoption of some of these. But I think it's important for people to start getting over that, particularly because some of these technologies we're talking about, AI, so they, they're mature. All the big cloud guys, they are all using it, actually. You know, they, that's right. how they have achieved their scale. 
Why so, so the only way to combat the only way to combat the the trepidation, you know, whether it's yeah. you know personal, cultural, technical, you know, whatever, is you've got to be staring the business value yeah. uh, of doing these things right in the face, right? It, it better be clear, okay. right? Uh, because more than likely, you're going to have to go get funding to get it done, yeah. right? So you better be able to tell a good business value story uh, to make that happen. So, so what is you know in, in your view, what is the uh, you know I don't know top you know two three business value um, bullet points that you think uh, you know the the membership should be thinking about? So when you know like all right, you know, maybe I used to be a VP and the, so then I got to go talk to the SVP, right? Or the SVP is going to go talk to the, you know, CTRCI. Like what, what, what is that story that I'm going to take uh, upstream to sell the business value of hyper automation to the executive team? What is that in your, in your I think It's a very simple one, right? It is first and foremost, do I want to move faster and get more work done in a given amount of time? And, I can, I can clearly appeal to that value because you literally can do that. You know that is like instead of time having, to time to market, time to market instead of having a bunch of tickets sitting in the queue for my in my service now or whatever it is, you know, to go and take mm-hmm. care of all these IT tasks. I have this tool now that just blows them away, you know. And now all of a sudden, my developers are happy because. They wanted to deploy these workloads in some locations to meet some, let's say, regional data compliance. All of a sudden, they can get going with that. And now your access to that market is, you know, what would have taken you three months, it's done in a week and you're good to go. I mean, this is the kind of velocity that you can start seeing. The other area which which sort of goes along with this is, I don't need to now go, and if I don't have people, to go look around to hire people, you know, who knows networking, whatever it is, or, 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 you know, and then I don't find them. And furthermore, even if I find them, I may have to pay a lot of money. I can save money with this. I can, it, it'll, it'll, it's one less headcount or one or two less headcount. And at the same time, I'm running faster. I'm up and running quickly. I think that's the biggest value I see. And in, 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 and if it's again done right, you know, if it's if it's an infrastructure level uh, hyper automation, it will rise all the boats, right? Because everybody benefits from that because it's across the board, and that's that's a big value, right? It's not just limited to one particular department, and that. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Let, let, let me let me. So we've got time to market, time to market, cost reduction. I want to understand what you're saying here about, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. So what, what you're, help me understand that a little better. What are you trying to say that if I, if I'm implementing hyper automation in, in one particular area, it's going to help other groups too. Um, but yeah, the paint that picture for me a little, a, a little more clearly, if you don't yeah. mind. Because the, the platform teams in most places, they are responsible for all, uh, all of the arc. Right. And so, uh, and when you have hyper automation introduced in their tool set, now what you're saying is, I'm actually automating this part, this portion of their work, which is a work that affects all of the infrastructure. So now, if if I have to do certain things, let's say with the network, 
Now, anyone can do that, you know, not just one particular department. It can be the finance department, it can be sales department. They all have access to those same set of tools and they'll all go much faster. So it's, it's more ROI when you apply it to that platform team and to that, you know, because it's a, everybody benefits from the improvements in the infrastructure automation. The infrastructure velocity increases. And that, that's a key aspect for, uh, that, that helps everybody. Okay, and the audience knows I am an infrastructure person. I, I get that, it's, but I, hyper automation isn't just limited to infrastructure, right? Mm -hmm. So, I, I, so uh, the the initial point is um, you're going to impact time to market because you're gonna you're going to stand up infrastructure uh, more effectively, more efficiently, more quickly. Um, that's going to help the platform people. That's going to help your software development team do their job. Just hope that they're digitally transforming as well, right? So they can keep up, right? And, uh, uh, but are there, are there hyper automation solutions that go beyond uh, the, just the infrastructure play? Absolutely. I mean, so the, like RPA is a great example, right? I mean, if, if you had that implemented uh, properly, it, you, you are able to now move a lot of the workflow much, much faster because, uh, you know, literally, you know, it is, it doing what a human would take uh, weeks to do, but it's just, you know, it's a machine. So you can just work day and night, sort through, you know, a lot of information and, and that that is going to add to the velocity. But again, that might, even though, you know, that might be limited to a particular group, that the fact that, you know, you unblocked uh, because it, it can go much faster now, Particularly if, if that was a bottleneck, you know, you, you now allow the benefits of that will be seen by the rest of the organization. So it's it's not it's not a, a you know. But the reason I brought up infrastructure is because it's 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 obvious, right, that it'll help everybody. So that that was the only reason I said that. Yeah. Okay. Um, is it true? Where do I want to go with this? I I, I think uh, it. It implies, or it's always implied to me, that you can't do hyper automation. Uh, it implies AI ML. Um, I guess my question to that is: Is that true? Um, and then, are there things that organizations uh, need to have in place, sort of underpinnings, uh, prerequisites, uh, you know, things like that, to enable hyper automation? Um, or to improve the experience of hyper automation uh, when they uh, when they adopt it. Yeah, I mean, one thing that you know that um, AI ML, for example, you know, it, it's not going to function well unless there is data. So you you know you, you should have that. That is it, data is like the you know like water, right? It's I mean, blood, right? Blood. So you, so I think. We have reached a point, I, I, I believe, that, you know, you can't really run an organization at all if you don't have visibility into how things are going on, you know. And, and there are a lot of tools that are there and, uh, you know, and, and it's going to help you. Even if you didn't have hyper automation, it just, if you were just, you know, doing it all manually, you really want to know with, with, with data about how things are going on, you know, so that you're not getting fooled yourself right so that that is the final truth of it so um all, the, all so this is you know all you're doing with hyper automation is you, if you have the data 
then you have algorithms that can actually help you with, with the task. And so that's all you're doing. You're just applying algorithms to that data. And then, you know, soon you, you know, you get the benefits of it. Yeah. So this is where I, this is where I get hung up, Raj. So uh, I, I've, um, you know, I'm talking to a friend of mine uh, not too long ago and, and asking him about their uh, AIML story. Uh, this guy's an executive at a very large, uh, I'll just say bank. Um, and uh, was asking about his AIML story. And he's like, Mark, we don't have our data squared away. Like, you know, we've got data everywhere, you know, data lake here, data pond here, data ocean over there. You know, we're just not squared away, right? And, uh, you know, they sort of made a conscious decision that they weren't going to uh, put a ton of energy into uh, AIML, you know, solutions until they squared away their, uh, you know, their data strategy and data architectures. Um are you seeing that? Like, is that something that uh, you bump up against out there? Uh, not too much, but but I've seen that. I mean, the, the, the thing is this, right? I mean, you have to, just like you said before, right? I mean, you have to, first of all, pick a project that you believe will bring immediate ROI. I mean, it, it, this, anything is like that. So if you can be focused on a particular task that you want to apply hyper automation to, and then go and look for where that data is. So you, you have a, 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 a thesis around it and, and a way to, uh, to address that. Now you can start building on that. So it is, you know, if you can show one success in the arc, one success, other, then you, it'll start spreading, right? You, you, others can see how you did that, you know, and what you had to do to get there. And that becomes, you know, it's a self, uh, whatever, you know, it's it, it starts growing on itself, and and so that 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 is the approach I would recommend. You know, if you have this enormous amount of data, you don't know where to begin. Look at the biggest pain point in your organization, you know, and see what you can do around that. And if you can, then apply hyper automation to that. That would All be right, so. So let's let's dive into that, and I want to I want to take this next question from two points of view. I, I want to know I want to know what your experience is in what those use cases you know what the, those use cases are. What are you seeing people more likely to do, most likely to do? And then I also want to know what Raj thinks people ought to be doing. Like so, you know, is is there a pet uh, hyper automation thing that that you would love to see more organizations do? But let's start with what what um, what kind of energy are you seeing from the enterprise consumers that they that they they want to jump into? It feels like low hanging fruit um, that they're just starting. What's their what's the bread and butter initial project that you're seeing most often? Yeah, I mean, my answer is going to be colored by my experience, but you know. Yeah, no, that's why. Hey, that's why you're here. I want to I want to know yeah. what your experience is. Of so, course, yeah. you know, we 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 do see a lot of pain. Uh, for example, in the cloud, uh, with cloud costs, and, and people are struggling with that, and uh, they are find, they are looking for solutions uh, of how to tame that. Uh, and what once, and 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 I would even go even to VMs and things. You know, they, they, at one point it was a uh, it was something that helped them 
with costs, <laughs> savings has now become a, a, a cost, you know, a leader. And, and so the people are struggling with that, uh, particularly given some of the, you know, situation outside the economy and so on. So, you know, that, that is a real issue. Uh, and, and so, I mean, to answer your question about, you know, what my pet uh, idea would be is, you know, if I, yeah. But so what, one of the areas where, where people, you know, like when they go and try to create, uh, you know, I mean, sorry, but this is what we are doing. So I'm just telling you. No, it's you, okay. It's okay. This is our dream. So uh, when they when they go to create, let's say, uh, say there's a new project that comes up and they want to go and create some new in- environment for that project, what they end up doing is they go and create a whole separate environment and which is on its own, paying, you know, a separate cluster in Kubernetes or whatever it is, and then uh, hell with the environment and in the sense how much energy I'm using. I need to get this project done. Let me just do it. So th- th- there's a natural tendency to, to, to say, uh, I'll deal with this, you know, later. But when you do that, what you're perpetuating is just a cluster sprawl, right? You're just going to create more and more and more, and you're going to soon, it's like if you don't keep your house in order, very soon it'll become a, a, a pigsty. You know, I mean, you won't know where anything is because it's just a mess. So my, you know, what I'd love to see is people adopt a more, uh, you know, something with hyper automation in mind, an approach that is uh, more, say, uh, uh, takes into account, uh, like, you know, how I can use my infrastructure better. And, you know, can I use a better, say, multi-tenancy solution, you know, that will, that will solve that problem. And then can I apply on top of that, you know, um, things that would uh, not waste you know that will be more proactive. So, uh, for example, you know there are tools that you know you can get. We have some uh, where you can look at uh, your traffic, your load, and your traffic patterns, and then accordingly scale up or down your cloud resources. Why would you do that? Well, why would you want? Why do you, why do you want to waste energy? You know why don't you be? Oh, of course, yeah. You know, and 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 it's so. I I'd love to see that happen because you know it has a great environmental impact for one thing, but it'll also help you with your costs. You know, simple. So I mean, that's your pain point. This is a way you can solve that. So you can be conservative on both the clusters that you're spinning up and how you're utilizing it. So from from to me, that is something that would immediately impact people. They'll help reduce their cost. And, and, and that's the thing that they're worried about. Go for it. In fact, I have to be honest, this fast fascinates me that people, cause your point about sustainability and, and uh, I, I don't care, you know, what solutions you're using in the cloud. This was the, you know, one of the initial, uh, the initial selling points was turn the light switch off when you're done. Like, you know, when you're done, turn it off. Right. Uh, so what you're saying implies to me that there are a lot of organizations out there that are simply not managing to yeah. that that initial dream so is that that's true you, you're seeing that a lot absolutely and i think wow and i think you should you it's time to think of 
you know, tools like hyper automation to, to help you with that, you know, to help you uh, control that. And there's, it's a really uh, important cause. So, and I think that that's, you know, there are fads, you know, metaverse, crypto, all these things. Sustainability is not a fad. It's, it's important. Yeah, so we got to be all. Yeah, I mean, for so many reasons, it's uh, it's uh, I, I've uh, so I'm a little shocked to be honest that uh, that that's the case that uh, people are people are not turning this turning the light switch off. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Who knew? Yeah, maybe uh, just at the end and see the the this is something that it it you know it's just passed on right. It's a cost that's passed on. Nobody, there's no. Nobody feels the need to do that. Of course, now people are looking when their cloud bills become huge. You know, they're saying, "Oh, we got to do something." You know, okay, <laughs> you could have started thinking about this. Okay, so and and a problem like that is a or an opportunity or challenge, however you want to frame it, is if it's if it's this way with a single provider, it's even um, and and I'm talking cloud provider now. Uh, it's even more of an issue in a multi-cloud space. Uh, are you, what's your sense here is, are, is the industry and our enterprises, uh, ready to tackle this kind of, this kind of issue on a, you know, multi-cloud perspective where I'm consuming more than one cloud and, uh, you know, and I want to make sure I'm turning the light switch off at, at, you know, one that's, or more. Yeah, that's a great point. I think if you don't, if you don't have if you don't have that awareness and thought, you will only incur more, uh, you know, proliferation because you're, you're you know, <laughs> multiplying the problem by the number of clouds that you're going to get into, right? I think it's good to get into multiple clouds for multiple reasons, resiliency, latency, all kinds of reasons, right? But you have to think about at the same time, turning the light switch off in the sense, hey, Let's see if I can do this efficiently, not in a in a careless manner, but in a thoughtful way. And that's where the multi-tenancy happens. You know, can I use this for more than one team in my arc? You know, how would I do that? Or can I, you know, use some AI to, you know, make sure that I don't, you know, spin up uh, servers when I don't need to, and I spin them down. Just because, right? I mean, this is another uh, thing, Mark. Like uh, when they don't have like the support of AI, right? What they do is uh, people don't want to be woken up at night, right? So they, 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 they. Most people just don't know the thrill of being woken up at night, Raj. They don't still don't understand how awesome it is. But... <laughs> That's right. All right. But what they have to do is they they overprovision, right? So when you over-provision, what are you doing? You're just burning the energy, right? If you had AI to help you with that, guess what? You don't still want to be woken up at night. There's something else looking out for you. And of course, when yeah. there's no traffic, it'll, it'll go down, all the way down. And when, when it knows that traffic is going to come up, it'll automatically go up. That's why you should have, that's the advantage of having AI, because it's a smart assistant. It is going to alert you. And okay, you know, there is there are hurdles, by the way. You know, one of the hurdles, Mark, which we didn't talk about is uh, the trust issue, right? With AI, like people say, hey, you know, I, how do I know this is going to work? You know, how do I know this is actually going to do what I think it's going to do? Uh, 
Sure. So, so there are ways to get around that too. So because at the end of the day, with any new technology, we, we have that fear, right? That is it going to do what I think it is ought to do, right? So the, the way around that is to essentially, you know, you have a period of time where you, you, you know, you, you, you're observing. So this has, uh, you know, feedback to you, you know, through its dashboards and so on, you're looking at it and you're, you're, you're gaining a level of trust. And that is how, you know, and then with AI, of course, you have the factor of that it continuously keeps improving, right? And so, again, is it learning in the direction that I think it ought to? And, you know, is it right. doing that? So these are things... Thank you for that, because I tend to worry about doing things that I don't want it to do. Yeah. So, uh, but that's always, uh, that's always, uh, that's just me being me, right? no. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's part of my charm. <laughs> No, the, the way I look at AI is it's like you're, you're training an, a young employee. You know, you, you have to you have to watch over them, make sure they're learning and and that they're going in the right direction. So you know, and you you know, so that it's always the case, right? So, so in this in the case of hyper automation, that you know, the other thing that's happening uh, or has been happening, right? I mean, initially we're you know we're doing infrastructure services in the cloud and platform as a service, software as a service in the cloud. And then, but then these things tend to get more granular along the way. Like, you know, so we moved to, we moved to, you know, from virtual instances to containers to serverless. And uh, I mean, the, the hypers are going to continue to innovate uh, in this space. So is hyper automation as a strategy, um, I guess what I'm wondering is, uh, do we have the right standards and, uh, you know, is, is our consumers and industry alike going to be able to keep up with the capabilities uh, from, uh, from your perspective? There's a lot to answer there. So, um, you know, feel free to take any or all of it. Well, I'll take the, the last point, you know, first, which is, you know, about whether people can uh, deal with it. I mean, if I were to come and tell you that I'm going to give you this tool that will you know, take this burden off your head I don't think you're going to say, you know, wait, no, no, no. I, I actually want to worry about all these things, you know, constantly. You know, <laughs> you're going to say, yeah. show me where, you know. I mean, that's the response I've seen from uh, actual users, you know, and and whether it it is for the infrastructure space or even if it is in the area of uh, one of the projects I had worked on is a it's, it's a inferencing project, you know, and it was actually to help doctors in their work, and it used RPA. They were more than happy, you know, they actually wanted to see that, you know, because they said, this is going to relieve my, you know, because they have a lot of reporting uh, to do for each case. And, you know, the, the RPA really helped out. Uh, it, it combined actually the NLP and RPA, it was a combined system. But it, what I saw is it, they were really thrilled with that. So I don't see some the end user not accepting it you know they, they, if, if it reduces their work i mean they have you have to just like anything else you know they have, you have to show them that there is actually some value and once they are convinced with uh, over a period of time they will they would start adopting it i've not seen any problems with that but as far as uh, the hyper uh, cloud look they i think are in it obviously you know to maximize you know their uh, uh, ROI and all that, and so 
they're already using a lot of this internally. You know, it's just that it's not been surfaced to the end users. But yeah, I wonder why they don't they don't want you to turn the light switch off, no. right? <laughs> but here's the thing, Raj, and this is something that Ona got, you know, to give a, I tell you what, because we need to, we need to start wrapping things up, but I, I you know, I'll give an Ona commercial before uh, I'll let you give your commercial. Right. And that, that is, you know, until, uh, until enterprises uh, are, uh, they're putting the right kind of pressure to consume multi-cloud uh, you know, you're not going to see the hypers necessarily. Um, and they're all nice people. But you're not necessarily going to see them doing the kinds of things, uh, you know, innately to, you know, help drive down, drive down those costs. When they do, in this particular case with, with AWS, they're just as likely to charge you f- for a special service, right, to take advantage of, of that, you know, functionality as opposed to making it an innate part of their, of their offering. So that's my... Uh, I'll leave that as an opinion. So now I'm going to throw it back to you because I do need to wrap up. So tell, yeah. t- uh, I'm going to give you a couple, couple three minutes to you know chat up uh, Avisha and tell us what you're doing in this space. Yeah. So you know the, the first of all, I, I'll just add to, to what you just said. I sure. think I, I believe, and uh, it is the stated objective, in particular of AWS, to to have a, a smaller carbon footprint, and this will go in that direction you know and and so i I believe they will embrace this but uh what we do at avisha is that we have uh multiple ways where we can help you with one is the how you can efficiently use your clusters with multi-tenancy where you don't need to have this clusters problem and so you can you can have the same number of clusters but share it among multiple teams very effectively we call that CubeSlice, which is an open source project. Feel free to go look at look it up in GitHub. Uh, the other uh, uh, place where we help you is, as I was saying, the uh, this hyper automation dealing with your uh, uh, with your with your clusters with, and and the auto scaling function of, uh, uh, of pods. Uh, again, you re- re- currently. You know, the only mechanism is one threshold or something that they have you to set, and then you have to constantly watch that and set it. With us, we look at traffic patterns and continuously, you know, th- there's a reinforcement learning engine that is that is continuously you know, uh, increasing or decreasing the number of pods and all tuned, auto-tuned. And the beauty of this is if you had an application, let's say, with, with say, 20 microservices or 10 microservices. There is a separate uh, engine that that is that is going up and down, uh, adjusting the number of pods in each of these, and it's doing all of it is all of these engines are coordinating, you know, all done with AI. So they know how to adjust different ones up and down because applications are complex, right? They consist of lots of services, but this. The intelligence is in, in that reinforcement learning engine, which can then overall optimize for you cost at the same time, things like latency or throughput, whatever be your metric that you want, application level metric. So I want to reduce number of faults. I want a lower latency, whatever it is. And uh, our uh, the, the vision that we're working on is to expand 
is that to do this exact same thing, but in a multi-cloud, multi-location way, so that you can now move your workloads anywhere you want, and you still get that you know benefit of being very uh, cost-effective. And uh, in your words, you know, turn the light off. <laughs> so. That's perfect. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for going over that. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been, Raj, it's been a pleasure having you on the Onook podcast today. Uh, tell everybody, what, how do you want, uh, how do you want consumers to, uh, to reach out to you? What's the best way to, yeah, best to connect is, with, uh, um, with uh, Avisha? Reach out to me at uh, raj at avisha.io and feel free to visit us at avisha.io. A-V-E-S-H-A dot I-O. So. All right. That's perfect. Thanks so much. Um, hey, so uh, everybody out there, again, I'm just going to reiterate um, uh, Raj and uh, actually a couple members of his team, um, you know, since they've joined the ONA Collaborative, uh, have just brought a, a bunch of, uh, you know, thought leadership, uh, push each other. Um, and so this is this is the point. This is the part where I tell you, Join the collaborative. Get involved with uh, with Ona. Get around the uh, get around these smart minds that are helping to develop. You know, really the standards of where we're going. And this team, the hyper automation team in particular, uh, we've got a lot of collateral coming your way. Uh, I think we just dropped a blog uh, yesterday from the from the hyper automation team. I think Raj, I think you've uh, got one authored and in the queue that's coming soon. We're going to continue to pod around this topic. Um, and, uh, so get involved with the ONUG collaborative, find out more about it, go to ONUG.net and, uh, click on the collab, uh, button. And then don't forget, uh, ONUG spring, what I say, May 17th and 18th in Dallas. Um, it's going to be fantastic in the, in the spring 2023. So be there and, um, thanks again to everybody. We'll see you next time on the ONUG podcast. Thanks everybody. Thanks Raj. Thanks Mark.